Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and gamers of all ages, we're back after Christmas break. The holidays were horrible. It is us, the Blunt Force Gamers. Minus one. Because he's busy. Well, real life aggro, I mean. We've all had so much tremendous real life aggro coming up with this Christmas stuff, so... Not to mention the plague that ravaged this area. And the yeah. plague. No kidding. Damn you, Nurgle. Well, we missed the first week because you had the plague, and then the second week I had the plague. I'm sorry. It's okay. <laughs> Shit happens. I took it to work. I shared it. Good. Good. So, uh, so here we are, the first episode of the new century. Decade. Decade. Something. Fuck, I don't know. Welcome to 2020, where us blind motherfuckers are screwed. Yay. Right. So, a new decade. Hopefully it's the roaring 20s. Hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah. Well, it it's definitely the, the whining 20s. It was almost the roaring 20s, what with the... Uh... Fucking Soleimani and that shit. <laughs> Whoa, well, boy. if you go back to epic rap battles of history here, uh, they have an episode with Trump versus Hillary from three years ago. Mm -hmm. And she makes a line in her rap about not being able to find her in Iran. My, 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 how that line has aged. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. I don't know. I quit watching them after a while. So today's topic uh, for our listeners and gentlemen around the table... I, Game Goblin, have put forth that we discuss... Autofellatio. Autofellatio. Autoerotic asphyxiation. Yes, we are not your parents' podcast. We swear we say horrible things. Deal with it. We have crass opinions. We, we are crass motherfuckers. And uh, being crass as we are, actually, this is going to be one of our more uh, positive episodes. We are going to talk about uh, some future stuff coming up here, uh, news both on the home front and in gaming overall and entertainment while burying the dead known as Star Wars. 2020 Optimism plus Star Wars. 2020 Optimism <laughs> plus Star Wars. Good time. Fucking intro. Feeling tired at the gaming table? Want to hear foul-mouthed jackasses poke fun at gaming companies when they screw up? Want an honest, street-level opinion from a team of gamers that call it like it is? Then Blunt Force Gamers may be the podcast for you. Listener discretion advised. Alright, well, predictions for the year. Um, let's go for the gaming world right now. You're pretty plugged in on that there, Game Goblin. What's, oh, there's uh, some really exciting news coming out in gaming this year. Um, shit. Where to start? Uh, let's go console first. Video, Vidya? Vidya, Vidya. games. Alright, NVIDIA games. Hooray. One of the best ones I've heard about. And my source is not 100% legit on this one, so take it with a grain of salt. A large grain of salt because there was a leaked teaser trailer that came out from Microsquish. And it makes me giddy! Because <laughs> they don't have particular fucking asshats who are making huge promises about putting an acorn in the ground and literally watching the tree grow. But, if you understand that reference, you know I'm talking about Fable. And word has it, fingers crossed, because Microsoft is going to E3 this year. A leaked trailer has come out. It was pulled off, but it's uh, burning fire all over Reddit. We may get Fable 4. And from what I understand, it is going to be tight. It's going to be first or third person play. So a lot like, say, Skyrim. 
uh-huh. where you can play with a view of your hands in front of you or zoom out and see your character on the screen moving around. So first and third person play. From what I understand, there are going to be features for building things. And I'm just going on the rumors here, of course. Like, say you go in, you want to build a village. You want it in a specific spot, you build a village. And people move in kind of stuff. Of course, it's going to bring back uh, the typical humor that Fable has in it. That kind of dry British wit. So, yeah, it's good. And from what I've heard, I mean, there, there was a, a video I was watching the other day about it. And I did look into it a little bit. And so far, we're looking at first or third person play. The ability to build stuff. A revamped magic system. They're... Getting ri- it's going to be more time travel centric from the rumors. Apparently, the tower is back. So, for those who have played the Fable series, at the end of the third one, I believe it's been a while since I played. There's that big tower, and you make a wish and kill the bad guy, and the tower explodes because you made your wish, you changed reality. Apparently, that tower is back. We're going to forego Albion. It's going to be on more than one world. And the hero is on one world while Teresa and Jack of Blades are on another one. But word is Jack of Blades is going to be in this new Fable iteration somehow. So right now it's all rumors. Might be a dumb question, but is it confirmed if Peter Molyneux, uh, whatever the fuck, is involved? That's what I opened with. He is not in it. Uh, Because he has made a lot of assertions. A lot of promises about what you could do in the games. And that goddamn dog was so fucking useless. And the third one... Look, I like co-op play when I feel like it. I don't like having the game force me into co-op play. And, of course, the third game came out when MySpace was still not a fucking bastion of tumbleweeds. And, thankfully, one of the friends uh, I made through Satan... Hail Satan! Um... On his website, me and this one and gal, uh, Chaos Mama or something, we actually... Chaos she, Mama. Yeah, she had... She's um, Slaneshi? Um, She's Slaneshi Demonette. She wasn't very Slaneshi. She was more punk. That's pretty Slaneshi. Yeah, she was... She was like Punk Mama, really. Well, here's the thing. Like, Did, she, did she have crab claws and just blacked out eyes? No, she did, like, she did have a thing for the color black. Your, your microphone is crooked. That's what he's trying to tell you, dude. There, there you go. There you go. No, um... Yay. Chaos Mama, she was... And, and that's not her name. It's... It's not? Dude, when was MySpace a thing? Her parents are lame. When was MySpace a fucking thing? Okay, this was... Like, early, mid-2000s? Dude, dude, this was before I had facial hair. Or maybe. I don't know. Uh, let's see. I made my MySpace profile in... 2005? Okay, wait. I no. never had a MySpace. Because wasn't Fable 3 uh, X- Xbox 360? Yes. Dude, like I'm saying, this is ancient time. I mean, this isn't computer years, okay? This is, might as well have been the Mesozoic Yeah. Uh, for computer years. Uh, but anyway, she had a copy of Fable as well. And she had the same situation I was going through. It's like the demon doors, you can't open them unless you're holding hands with another player in front of the goddamn door. And so, like, hey, you know, if we want to open these co-op play uh, doors, all right, you know what? I'm going to log on a time that you can log in at the same time. I know you're in Chicago and you got kids and everything, but let's set aside an hour of game time. Just open these final fucking doors and get the goddamn achievements. So, Molino can suck a 
fucking dick on that one. A whole bag of dicks. And I'm not talking the good dicks like we got down the street. Okay, I'm, I'm talking like nasty, sweaty, smegma covered dicks. Gross. Homeless dicks. Homeless dicks. And you know what? We got plenty of those on the West Coast. He can just come suck all of them right up and down the coast. Oh, all. Stop making me gag. I know, right? Please. Uh, but they are talking about in the new uh, Fable game having co op play. So that's a bit of a turnoff for me because I do like my single player games. I don't like being forced into multiplayer. I mean, multiplayer is nice as a single player game, as long as it's optional. I don't want my achievements locked behind a multiplayer wall. Yeah. You know, like, uh, for, like, the, the whole idea they have for uh, Skyrim Together. It's a great idea. And if somebody else is playing Skyrim and they feel like playing it, I still get the first player experience. I can still experience the game from beginning to end. Everything unlocks. No problems if I want to play it by myself. Or if I want to play with a friend... It's no different. I, I can agree with that, but if there's an achievement, you know, spend four hours playing with a friend. Fuck you. Fuck you in the neck with a piece of fucking crowbar. So, Fable 4 Yeah, how is, dare you assume Game Goblin has friends that he can play with? I do, and I don't. <laughs> okay, I've lived with this fucker for three and a, almost a half years. Uh-huh. And I will tell you this. When he goes antisocial, like, especially after a convention, dude, he needs, like, a month of just, like, gonna go kill shit in a dungeon before (laughs) he is ready to fucking interact with people again. I believe it. Humans, man. So... Humans. Um, as far as gaming rumors go, it is still rumored that Fable 4 is on the back burner. Microsoft has all but confirmed it. In fact, they have confirmed it without confirming it, but they didn't confirm it while confirming it at the same time. Say confirm. They, they were doing doublespeak on that one. They were like, oh, well, it's not ready yet. And licensing and legal shit. So, what is it, Microsoft? So, right now, Fable 4 is nothing more than rumors and speculations all based on a teaser trailer that came out Showed us some of the in-game uh, play going on in it. Gave us a little bit of a hint of the storyline. And then it got pulled from the internet, which only increases the mystery. You mean a trailer for a game was like a... You're telling me that there was a first trailer released for a game that actually had gameplay footage? Well, here's the thing that gets me about it, though, right? I huh. mean, here's a part that lends some amount of credibility. And to slide a little bit into June, uh, about six months away... Microsoft is confirmed to go to E3 this year. I mean, they were there last year. They they? were there last year. They're confirmed to be going this year. And on top of that, Microsoft going to E3 this year is going to be big fucking news. Because right now there's a lot of hype. I mean, they already announced it. They're coming out with their next-gen system. The X-Bone 1X GTS 360... HD, LMNOP, whatever the fuck box. So they're coming out with their new box, and they announced that previously. They're already, you know, showing us, like, all the bells and whistles of what the concept is. So if they unveiled a new box this year at E3, like, straight up on a podium, Microsoft Uh, is going to need exclusive titles. Yeah, okay. So it would be a launch title. So, yeah, what I'm thinking is if 
they do because they already announced they're working on the new X-Bone. I mean, that would get a lot of hype for certain to buy. Oh, absolutely. People have... Those who are fans of Fable, especially Fable 1 and 2, really love the fuck out of those games. It's kind of amazing that there's still like that many vehement fans of it, to be well, honest. Fable was you one know? of the first games that allowed players in a role-play game to play how they want to play. Yeah. Because typically a role-play game is you're playing John Q. Public or Jane Q. Public. This is their background. Go with it. You're, you're already playing kind of like a storyline that's pre-established. And Bethesda, of course, being weird the way they are, with Oblivion and Morrowind, really wrapped this up. You can jump into a game and just go whichever direction you want. Players love this. And Fable is one of the first ones that allowed that to happen back when... Uh, the first X-Bone came out, they came out with Fable, and then they came out with the Fable Remastered HD Remix Element OPO with the extra stuff, which is great. So, uh, yeah, a lot of us older gamers were, were really key on this, because I can play a Magic user, but I have the... F I can just go any direction. Sure, I can play a wizard if I want to and mash that X button overpowered god man i wore out so many x buttons on controllers playing fable 3 but at the same token while you're playing the game you're like you know what i don't want to play this play uh, spellcaster in this playthrough i want to challenge myself and play a ranged character okay so you can move into a ranged character or you can mix and match this stuff so that's one of the things that really gets players uh invested in fable is you just play your own way and there's so many little features they added in and i'm not talking about the third one god Damn, that was a disappointment. But especially the second one where you could... Your decisions had consequences. Which is something that's really lacking in games like Fallout 4. <laughs> like, they're, like, one of the hardest choices I had as a young gamer in it while playing yeah. was, do I spare Lady Grey? You know, I think I've brought this up before. Um, but... Uh, one thing that's always kind of bugged me in games is I want to be able to play the path of a villain if you have the option to. And when you beat the game as said villain, it doesn't feel like you got the wrong ending, you know? Because usually it's like, if you play like the villainous ending to a game, um, I want to say like, like Infamous is one that comes to my head or, you know... Uh, the Bioshock ending when yeah, you're the bad yeah, guy? Yeah, Bioshock or like Force Unleashed. Those are just a few examples, but... You know, when you get a villainous ending, it's like, oh, you made the wrong decisions for wanting to be a villain. You should be, you know, uh, wanting to play for uh, the, the hero ending. Because, you know, you're a villain, so bad things happen. It's like, no, what if I, you know, want to become, like, a villainous overlord? How come there has to be some, like, tragedy that makes it so disappointing, you know? Actually, because it's one of the things I love. It's annoying. I want to be a villain. Oh, my God. I want um, Go ahead, Blasphemous. Well, that's one of the things they're trying to morally... Uh, not juxtaposed. They're they're trying to get you to accept a certain morality. Oh, influence. Yeah, they're they're trying yeah. to influence. Be like, oh, you should totally be the good guy, but be the kind of good guy that us the devs want you to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know, but you know, I, I think you should assume that if you're buying the game, you probably, you know, Fallout Three have some concept of you know, Fallout Three had a really good way. You, of you doing can tell this. the difference between right and wrong. So. And uh, the the best way to play Fallout Three actually was to be morally gray. That's what everyone says. Yeah, yeah. It is because if you play too good, <clears throat> you get the Talon Company chasing you down, and if you play too bad, then you get like the lawmen after you. So if you swing too far either way on the good evil axis, somebody's going to come after your ass because 
the bad guys don't agree with you on one path and the good guys don't agree with you on the other. I really love the fact that there was a built-in system to the game that said, look, if you go too far good or too far evil, somebody on either side of the spectrum is not going to like that and send people to gun you down. Yeah, I like how they carry that over in New Vegas, too, but goddamn, dealing with uh, Caesar's hit squads for the first time was a... It still is a pain in the ass because I'm still yeah, uh, relatively true. low um, level. But that's another example, too. You know, say I wanted to go with Caesar's Legion because they do have some good core ideas, even though they're all pricks. But then I was... Uh, I mean, I went with MCR first playthrough. But then I, w I just looked up the uh, Caesar's Legion ending and for all the followers, you know, just with 100% bad, uh, bad karma. And it's just depressing. I mean, why can I, you know have, like, a glorious Roman Caesar's ending where you... Okay, I've got a game you, you for know? you if you're willing to go totally retro. And I'm talking, like, PS1 era. Oh, yeah, sure. So if you're willing to go I totally still, retro back have, to early I, PlayStation... I have a early PlayStation. Okay, good. Uh, play Legacy of Cain. Okay. Because that is a game where the bad ending is the canon ending. All right. Like, flat out. And it's weird, because, like, I played it, and I saved the world, I destroyed the spires, and everything was all nice and happy, happy, and, you know, I was being the good guys. Yeah, I'm a vampire, I'm all edge, but in the end, I did the right thing and sacrificed myself for the good of the world. And the next game comes out, and they're like, no, King didn't, res you know, didn't do the sacrifice. He was like, fuck it, Vorador was right. We are gods. You mind if I sound real childish for a second mm. here? So, um... Because uh, we, uh, because I'm a man child and I do like the Splatoon games, what I thought was kind of cool about those ones is uh, so they have things in it called Splatfest where you know it's just a big paintball war with uh, a theme, you know, say like uh, apples and oranges. Well, you can sign up for Team Apples, someone signs up for Team Oranges, and then you just see oh who's the most popular and who got the most wins, yada yada. And at the end of say like two weeks or whatever, uh, a winner will be announced. Well, for the final Splatfest for the first and second game, the two, like, little uh, idol girls, it was, which one do you like better? And, um, the winner for uh, the first game was, I think, uh, Callie? No, uh, Marie. So for the second game, they wrote it that the one who won, she went missing, and that altered the plot of the second game. And for the second game, the final Splatfest was Chaos versus Order, and Chaos won, hooray. So, if they do a third game, it'll be interesting to see how they write the plot to fit, you know... It's cool to get the player base involved in the, you know, narrative of the story like that. I thought that was pretty cool. That's one of the uh, really awesome parts uh, about Legend of the Five Rings, if anybody pays attention to that. Is they are so involved with the player base, and they had this huge charity drive. And Clan Scorpion almost wound up on the Imperial seat because of it. I mean, they were really popular. Hmm. Uh, a lot of like the politics are based on the fandom, and of course they'll have these big contests or uh, charity events, and the fans will just come out and help out and do their thing, and it changes the entire political structure based on how much people are supporting their team, basically. So the more you support a team as a fan, uh -huh. the better that team does in the actual canonical uh, storyline. Uh, but to get back on awesome shit, well, not awesome. 2020 predictions and things we're looking forward to. 2020 predictions, things we're looking forward to. Another thing in video games, uh, last I heard, Cyberpunk has been pushed out on the development cycle. 
All right. This is both good and bad. It's kind of bad because they might be rewriting some shit because they're getting pressure, of course, from the people who got more hair colors and brain cells. The ethics committee. The uh, self-appointed ethics committee. They're still getting uh, some heat from that, so they might be pushing things out to alter things in-game. On the other hand, this might be good because a lot of games are getting released these days incomplete or buggy as shit. Yep. And if they're spending more time, I, I am totally happy if a company says, wait six more months. Yeah. If a company says, wait six more months for release because we're polishing things, I am super happy with that. Yeah, like, um, I want to hear from Blasphemous next. But just on that note, like one of the games that's actually coming out in March that I'm looking forward to is uh, Neo 2. And Neo was one of the, uh, I think here, but I think it was the first big AAA game that came out after Dark Souls that was labeled a Souls-like game. Except instead of, you know, like based off of uh, kind of like Western RPGs, it was set in feudal Japan and very loosely based off of actual historical events and figures. And the uh, that game came out in 2017, and now the second game is coming out three years later, which I feel for a game, that's... Um, a pretty quick turnaround time? No, that's actually a pretty decent turnaround time, because, you know, like, some uh, companies will just, you know, shit a new sequel out every year, and it's just, like, it feels like the same but rehash. so I actually... Uh, <laughs> Assassin's Creed! <laughs> yeah, Assassin's Creed, or Far Cry for a while was going down that route. Uh, Ubisoft, pretty much, they are the sandbox game, but, you know... So I'm looking forward to uh, Neo 2 because I think enough time has gone past and uh, the first one was actually a pretty good game. If they can smooth some of the level design kinks out and some of the repetitive feelings of uh, uh, that Neo 1 had, then uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I think it'll be a good time. Blessmas, what are you looking forward to for Vidget? Uh, to be honest, something on the lower end because uh, I've recently got back into... Uh, the Escapist, um, Zero Punctuation. Oh, And man. Yancey has the series where he's been doing a challenge for 12 games he creates in 12 months. And I just caught up with it. I literally found it, like, earlier in the week. We had a snow day thanks to the weather up here. Nice. And I was just looking at stuff, and it popped up in my feed. So I watched the entire series up to now. Yeah. And uh, at the end of this month, he's supposed to be releasing a game which is sort of a horror game and the way he talked it up was it's old school where you don't see everything the monster isn't like in your face it's not all gore it's one of those suspense thriller kind of like, horror like games tension. yeah the tension about it and it just sounds really good because it's huh. I'm like Dead Space was a fun game when I was in college Dead Space was a great game yeah. you know the first just one. the gore first of the first one the <laughs> gore of it you know just all the, the jump scares, that was great. Yeah. But I could totally go for one of those old school, like, 1930s horror movies where you don't see the monster until the final scene. Or at all. Or at all. You yeah. know, and it just, that sounds really good, and I wish they would do more games like that. Like, I would totally go for one of those in-depth investigation games like, um, what was it? Um, Lust Manor? Noir, even. Where it's a whole yeah. big investigation, it's the whole game. Oh, God. I, I think I showed you that preview for the one coming out, the new Cthulhu game, yeah. where the guy's on the pier and oh, he yeah, finds his own body lying on the pier, and then his body gets up after he dies. Yeah, but that's just um, Shadow over in Insmith again, isn't it? 
I think so. There's a couple of Cthulhu ones out there. There's an adult one, and then... For, <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying this. And then there's a family-friendly Cthulhu game. That's an oxymoron. It is an oxymoron. Okay, one it's of them is like to balls to the wall, just sex, people. violence, and Cthulhu. And the other one is more try and true to the Cthulhu mythos, where it's investigations of the mysterious unknown. Yeah, you know, there was actually an ARG someone did on Twitter um, a couple of years ago, and it was actually really fucking well done, but it was, uh, um, like, it had me going when I was uh, watching a video, like, documenting the whole thing, and it wasn't until someone pointed out that it was actually, what the person was doing was, uh, what's it called, Shadows Over Innsmouth? Mm -hmm. It was Shadows Over Innsmouth that they were recreating, it, but, um, I think it was on Nexpo's channel, but it, it was, it's definitely worth a watch, like, the effort and kind of the, uh, simplicity this guy did by just, you know, using Twitter to, uh, spin this little tale that he was God doing. God damn it. It was fun. Always somebody beating me to punch, but you know what? It's fair. It's fair. Um, like I said, when Twitter, or not Twitter, when MySpace was new, me and a friend were actually going to do something like that on MySpace, but after some thought of it, it was just, like, too big of a project to run around, take photos at the time, write stuff up. He had family things going on, and I'm constantly doing overtime at that uh, point. So it was just too much work, and we wanted to do, like, a stalker uh, MySpace. Like, a couple move into a new neighborhood, take photographs of their house, you know, and go along with the day. But things just get creepier and creepier the farther you go down the news feed. Yeah. You know, we want to do something like that. So somebody did an ARG on that, doing Shadows of Innsmouth, and freaked out people. Like you and anybody else. Yeah. You know, awesome props, because that is a style of writing that has really not been very much embraced. So when you stumble across a story like that, it makes it all that more creepy. I do appreciate a good ARG, but uh, get, get back on point. Anything else for you, Blasphemous, that you're looking forward to? Um, Magic the Gathering, you get off, it's fucking... <laughs> well, you know, that's actually one thing I was going to bring up here, is they officially announced their um, MMO, basically. An MMO? Is it like a TCG MMO? No. No, it's just... It's a, it's a, you it's are a an actual uh, planeswalker. You have spells. You can summon shit. Huh. And it's made by uh, Cryptozoic? No, no, that's the board game, guys. Um, I think you're thinking Cryptic? Cryptic. The yes. guys who did uh, the Star Trek game and a whole bunch... Uh, they did um Yeah, I was Never reading Winter. about that about a month ago, and I'm going to sit this one out and let you carry it. That's my opinion. Like, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Not so much because I think it's going to be awesome. Like, I, me and my buddies have been kicking ideas like this around all the time. And we've actually done the surveys and, like, what would you like to see? And, you know, just completely bloviated over the entire, like, 5,000 characters they allow us. And my English is bad, so that thing was totally misspelled and grammar was terrible. But we went on and on about a system that they could work that and how we just wanted to see it. And from what I'm seeing, I think it's going to be complete garbage and I just want to watch it burn. <laughs> That's a prediction for this year is I think that the new Magic the Gathering uh, video game where you get to play as a Planeswalker is going to be terrible. You get to customize your Planeswalker, pick your well, mana and all that, yeah. but I think it's going to be bad. I think it's going to be bad because it's just pretty much going to be another fantasy RPG except Ma Magic the Gathering flavored, you know? Well, the problem also like it's is... Like, not bringing anything new to the table, I mean... There, there's also the... Okay, if we're, we're, okay, we're trying to look at uh, 2020 with some positivity here, for fuck's sake. But if you're going to bring up MMOs, for, god damn it. The time of the MMO has fucking passed, alright? Yeah, here... Uh, he the, the top end, the top of the bell curve, 
was undisputed, okay, and as much as I hate the fucking game, undisputed champion of the MMO Battle Arena Royale with cheese was fucking World of Warcraft. That was the top of the goddamn bell curve. Yeah. Now they are hemorrhaging people. Every year they're losing people instead of gaining more. They've changed the game a lot over the past few decades. Inhuman years. Wait, Goblin years. Whatever. They've changed the game a fuck ton since its inception back in like 2011 or whenever the fuck it came out. I World really Warcraft. wasn't paying. Like, I wasn't paying a fucking attention. That came out like 2005. I don't care. I was playing other shit. I tried it for a month and I was like, "Fuck this." It's basically Looney Tunes with swords. Fuck it, I'm out. I'm playing other games. And then I went over to City of Heroes, and I played a fucking villain. Why? Because villains are awesome. Yeah. But the time of the MMO is done, okay? I, we have so many out there. Like, Perfect World International has put out some really good stuff. And then you had uh, the fucking Korean one that came out. With the graphics were so phenomenally, eye-meltingly awesome. But the gameplay was atrocious. And we have seen so many licensed IPs come and go and come and go. And to me, right now, I because I was on Star Trek the other day. I've got a lifetime subscription. Blasphemous knows that when I play a game, I play the fuck out of it. Yeah, he goes balls deep. Like, I, I go balls Unprotected, deep. just all I the stuff way. my balls inside along with everything else, dude. <laughs> I want to get as much of me in the game as possible. So yeah. I'm playing during the Christmas event, and the new game comes up. And, of course, there was guys talking about the Magic the Gathering MMO coming up here soon. And even they're not excited, right? Yeah. But then again, these are Trek nerds. But at the same time, the, the Star Trek game has a kind of weird, sordid history to its own right. But it still has aged really well. Its graphics aren't bad at all. The gameplay is still pretty rock solid, in my opinion. Especially compared to some MMOs out there. And to try to put out another MMO based off of this IP, and this is a bad time for the Magic the Gathering IP to try this shit. Well, you know what I think now that you say that? I think it's just Wizards of the Coast saying they probably see that their, you know, fame has is kind of starting to be fleeting now, and they're just trying to cash in as much as they can they probably before they are. go back to being, you know, a closet company. Well, the, the problem with, uh, especially Wizards of the Coast... That's my new term, closet company. And their benevolent overlords known as Hasbro is Wizards has had a huge shuffle in their upper management and the staff on the floor. Huge. Okay, back in 96, 97, 98, in that era when I first got into uh, Magic the Gathering itself, it was a game written by gamers, published by gamers. Yeah, and you know, that's what got me into it. That's That's how Brony got me into it back in like 2010, you know? It was like... Um, yeah. Like, it almost kind of had, uh, kind of like that, uh, almost like a grit to it. Not just in the, I mean, the art style was really cool. It was kind of more, uh, not quite so cartoony. You know what I mean? Like, oh, dude, I just, I just came back from the pre release a little while ago. uh, Yeah. Which, by the way, I won the breakfast tournament, everybody. Well, let's get a black. Let's get a uh, blasphemous round of applause. Okay, let's, let's. (laughs) Thank you, thank you. Well, last time I got to the finals was like four years ago. But it is a thing with them where they have standardized and tried to like, you know, uh, fucking streamline and make everything samey. To the point that 
the art isn't even like it used to be where people were doing these epic giant paintings. Yeah. And then you could see yeah. those at conventions or uh, tournaments and win them maybe. No, nowadays it's all computer generated. It's all done by like five people. It all has to look the exact same and everything in it is starting to look way too... Yeah. Not not so much comic booky, but definitely like almost corporate. Looney Tunes. Yeah, it's it's super corporate. Yeah, it's it, very corporate. And corporate is terrible for art. Yeah, and here's the thing. Yeah, that's actually a great point. But um what drew me about it, especially um like one my favorite art on Imagine the Gathering card is still the Sunblast Angel from Scars and Mirrodin. Like that thing is just so cool looking. Like each card almost looks like it could be like the cover of a you know, like a like a um you know, like a uh, cheap fantasy novel. You know, mm-hmm. like they have that kind of personality that to them. But now it's just like, you know what? I'm sorry. I'm gonna say it. All the art now, it it just looks really fruity. Oh, dude, uh, I got one in my bag right next to you. So <laughs> the, we're back in Theros, right? Theros is one of my favorite sets. I steal a lot of the names and places for my D and D games. Hold, hold on. Okay. They did something where they, they now have a thing where the gods have all like done a thing where you actually get a close-up of their face. And before, Nylea, one of my favorite gods, I've got the playmat, I use the background, I've got a copy of the card in foil, all that. Mm-hmm. He faps to it. <clears throat> no, not he, really. He has an anime docu-makura, I've seen it. <laughs> Don't forget about my waifu pillow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we my waifu pillow gave me Ebola. I love you. Well, now you can use your chainsaw waifu pillow. That's right. <laughs> but um, where you actually get a look at her face, and it completely changes the art style. Before it was like kind of shrouded in like the, Ethereal. the starry etherealness of it. So yeah, they all were. It let you project it was into cool. it. Yeah, Perforos and Heliod. You could easily see Thassa. Her face was very blatant. <coughs> But with the art, it looked so cartoony. She literally looks like the jolly green fucking giant now. T. Oh, ho, ho. I mean, it is so bad. And yeah. I mean, the the way they're doing the art now, like, you get individual creatures, they look pretty cool. You get anything that's supposed to be big and grandiose, it looks like shit. You, you know what part of it is, for me at least, why I got out of it, is... um. At least while I was in it, and this would be roughly 2010 to about 2000. Um, what 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 set was? Um, you were there for uh, Elder Tarkir. Yeah, I was. I was past Tarkir. What set was Eldritch Moon? That was uh, after Shadows over Innistrad. So that would be. Uh, Cause, cause that, that was pre-Trump. Yeah, because okay, so that would have been like two, 2015. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, just I was visualizing. Yeah, you go down the store and you're like, yeah, I want a box of pre-Trump. Yeah. Give me a box and of pre-Trump, There's 115 bucks, and you open up your box, and it's a bunch of nostalgia and memories and member berries. Yeah, you know, I would I would actually still get Magic the Gathering if, you know... Uh, of course, you know... If it was all those older sets. But I'm, I'm sorry, much, unfortunately, though, you might buy that box. You'd be like, yeah, I want a box of pre-Trump. And as you're opening packs, you get down there, and you're like, whoa, I got a rare foil. What is it? We got information on Hillary Bowden, the box explodes. <laughs> yeah. But, but but my point is, you know, even the sets before that, that I, you know, after I got into Magic and then started exploring the old sets, mm-hmm. the cards in each of the sets, you know, if you were a new, um, 
like, sorry, I'm having wording issues, but you could tell what set and what mm -hmm. story each card was just by looking at the art, you know, not even looking at the uh, set stamp. Yeah, because Innistrad had a definite he, look to it. Exactly. Innistrad now, if you look at yeah. the, the I mean, latest Innistrad, it looks like it could totally be part of Ravnica. Exactly. Or it could be from here. Exactly. Like, that's why I didn't, like, when I found out they were going back to Ravnica, or um, uh, Innistrad, dude, I was psyched. I loved the first Innistrad. That was the first full set I got into. Well, I mean, that I got invested in the story, I should say. Because Scars and Mirrodin is really when I came in. But, um... Yeah, so when the cards came out, I mean, like, the effects were cool. Like, from a technical standpoint, it was fine, you know? And it was kind of cool to see. Uh, I got the Emrakul, which was fun because, well, it's fucking Emrakul. Jesus Christ, man. Oh, fuck. But, you know, like, the art is just like... This could be, like you say, Ravnica, or you know. Well, that's the thing. Any other sense? So it's like the like each set to me, they stopped feeling unique and contained. You I'm know? sorry. Just, a little side note here, and I know yeah. this is way back from 2020, but you're talking about like Innistrad and Ravnica, way back from and a little bit of Theros and stuff. And here I am, remembering when the news first came out that they were releasing Homelands. Oh God. And I was in the middle of Ice Age at that point, and everybody was fighting over Jester Caps. Oh, there's still <laughs> a broken like... card. The fight began again about that last year, because EDH, the main format these days, at least in our neck of the woods, that is such game-breaking. But here's the thing about it. Old art for the cards, like, yeah, some of it looked like total trash, I mean, but some of it was so one. good. Yeah. Yeah, I'm still a big fan of the original Yoshin Soldier. Uh, anything done by uh, Quentin Hoover. Well, hell, fucking Flying Men. That one looked great from Arabian Nights. Yeah. What about a uh, Dark although, Ken? Although Is he I still will there? say, I will say though, um, if we want to talk about trash art for just a real quick, brief moment, anything with the name Folio on it is garbage. Which artist was that? Uh, that was originally Phil Folio. And then his wife, girlfriend, partner, life mate, sister, whatever the fuck sister. person. Uh, Kaya Folio. Yeah, whatever the fuck her name is. I think it was Kaya Folio. She started doing art, and it was very much the same as his art, so it was almost indistinguishable. Hold on. The implication here is that it was some... The way you were wording it. Someone he's banging. And then you end with Sister Goblin. I have no idea. All I know is they have the same last name and their art is okay. trash. Uh, just just put that out there. Yeah. Just just put... I, I, uh, brain hurt. Brain, wait, wait. Uh, here, back to 2020, real quick. Hold on, hold on. Hold on. Okay. It's still 2020. Let me, let me finish my point here. Finish yes. it up. So each world, the art was a little bit different, right? Innistrad, so yes. you could tell. So it. and even within the same set, you would get slight variations. Think about Mad Prophet from Innistrad. Yeah. So to me, that gave me that the the art we were looking at was someone else's perspective on it. Yeah. Because not everyone sees everything the same. You got people with color blindness. You got people where you say this is red, but to them it looks like what we would call blue. All that different shit. Yeah. So it really gave the sets a bit more grit and, you know, yeah, a it, bit more, I don't know, it just made it feel more real. Yeah, more real and more, um, oh god, contained is not the right word, but more unique to the theme. You it know was, I mean? like, like every game set that came out had, I think during the uh, 
business meetings they had when they were looking at different artists to do their sets and they're like okay this artist has this artist does a lot of color shading a lot of color blending their art style is very much you know very avant-garde it's very a new style where you know it's more like looking at a picasso yeah you know than anything else you know where the, the color gradients are sharp they're in your face but the picture itself is kind of just madness inspired and they phyrexians like, <laughs> yeah like phyrexians and they look for artists who would all paint in a very similar style but be different enough to still convey that message and they would bring on that team of artists and then when they came into say like um the one with all the Faye and Kipkin uh you're talking about Lorwyn oh yeah Lorwyn Lorwyn yeah. like when they did Lorwyn the super block the super block like when they did Lorwyn a lot of the art looks very similar but still done by different artists so I think that what they were doing was looking for different artists who had a particular style that would embody that set. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good point to make. And you know, I feel I feel like I personally harp on you know things being greater equals them being better. That's not inherently true, but I just I'm just tired of everything looking so soft. And this is coming from someone who's well kind of a pussy. But you know, I like to live. I, I like to be vicariously tough through my hobbies. Well. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you are a fucking art student. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, that degree's gonna get you places. Fuck you guys. Yeah, the uh, fucking bread line. Yeah, here's Fuck your you food guys. stamps. Uh, anyway, back to 2020. <laughs> well, yeah, so let me get back to my point. Here. Ah, goddammit! Yeah, it's about 2020, though. Okay, good. So they have... Uh, they're doing that. They're continuing on with uh, Magic the Gathering the Arena. But from what I've been hearing and reading on a bunch of things... They're revamping some of the stuff again, because some of the controls were alright when I was in beta test with a bunch of people on it, um, and some of that worked out really good. Clicking on the cards, things were all, you know, like if you were playing for real. Then they did that big update, uh, I think it was early last year, and everything just completely shifted. Like, everything went from, yeah, this is totally like playing the actual game, to where, oh no, we're gonna ergonomically change the way the things click and it ruined everyone's gameplay so now apparently what i'm hearing is the update they're going to do is more customization to where you can click on things it's, it's like setting up your um your keyboard for when you're playing a game of oh i don't want to use wsd that arm's short or whatever i'm going to make it the next keys below it you know you can use the arrows if you like you can use the fucking number pad instead of the fucking line across the top and that's something I'm really looking forward to for Magic in that regard. Okay, oh, cool. so in other games that are <clears throat> rumored, Bioware, a subsidiary of God shit, fuck, piss, damn it, eat ass arts. Yeah. Still not. I still haven't gotten over being pissed at EA. But last November, on the 7th. In seven day, they have pretty much said, yeah, they're going back to the drawing board. So, on. we're... Well, if it was posted on November 7th, which is in seven day... Oh, that's right, you haven't played that because you're a scrub! Only cool people play Mass Effect! That's right, they're talking about going back to the uh, drawing board on Mass Effect. That's also in the news, so... Chances are, if they were announcing it then on last November, they've already got the pre-production fully in gear by now. 
So we could probably expect another Mass Effect title out in, I would say, two and a half, maybe three years. Huh. So that's not 2020 legit, but chances are next uh, November to swing around, there might be more information about that. I doubt we'll see anything at E3 this year about it. Yeah. I haven't seen whether they're slated to attend or not, uh, but EA is probably going to be working on that title more than likely as an apology for the last Mass Effect game that came out. Andromeda? I said Mass Effect Apology. <laughs> anyway, that is uh, also in the pipeline in the rumor mill. Sony this year has pulled out of E3. They're not showing up second year in a row that they are not going to be in attendance. Huh. Nintendo, of course, is going to be there. Nintendo missing an E3 at this point is like having the cool kid at the party not show up. Like this, the, Nintendo is the guy who brings the beer. Nintendo is the guy who brings the beer, and they're showing up, and strangely enough, Bethesda is going to be there. And this is the, the big news that I have for upcoming stuff, with Bethesda attending. And last year was phenomenally terrible. It was beyond terabad. Okay, you guys heard my rants about how terabad it was. It is still continuing to be terabad. Kind of like terabyte. It's bad over 9,000 with a lot of zeros behind it. Mm -hmm. Like, one thing a lot of people don't know is they've had three people in top positions just pull their stakes up and walk out of the company at uh, Q3 and Q4 of last year. You know, people who have been with the company 10 plus years. Yeah. You know, big movers with their own offices, with their name on the fucking door kind of people have all said, fuck you, I'm out. Including that adorable Japanese gal who was at E3 last year. I can't remember her name. Oh, the one that got totally turned into an online waifu? The one who became an online waifu in a heartbeat because she just brought the, you know, the, the fucking gigglies and the charm. Not great at English, but you know what? Totally forgiving because she had just the punchlines to go with it. Uh, she, like, fucking up and left. Which was surprising as fuck because... Her rise within the company was pretty meteoric. But well, what's the what's the uh, Bethesda thing we're look, you're the looking? The Bethesda for? thing we're looking at, yeah, uh, because and this is not exactly speculative; it is rumor, and at the same time, it's confirmed kind of shit. Okay. Okay. They were already working on the 3D environments a year ago. So back at E3 last year, they were already working on this stuff. You could you can dig it up and look at it. They're already like. Um, the Skyrim grandma, you know, yeah, huge, yeah, yeah. yeah she, she was already getting her face 3D scanned to be put in the game as an NPC, thanks to the awesomeness of other players who love those games. Mm -hmm. uh, there was also this dude walking through some of the landscapes, like the forests are super dense. The the oh my god, the graphics will make even make my super beast computer scream in terror. Well, it <laughs> is how, getting old. It's only like four years old. But still, like, your computer, sir, your computer will scream at this. Yeah, I need to upgrade mine again. I, I am sorry, but I do not want to go out and buy a Cray to play a fucking video game. But I will if I fucking have to. I will rob a million dollars to buy a Cray. Like, they were showing gameplay. Like, it wasn't gameplay, uh, really. It was just a guy who's an invisible body moving through the terrain. But they actually have screenshots and footage of somebody navigating the internal structure of the game. Mm -hmm. So Sky or Elder Scrolls 6, six 
uh, which is obviously not Black Marsh at this point. Yeah. I'm doubting it's High Rock because they've already had a game in High Rock. I've been hearing the most prominent rumor is Hammerfell, but... Hammerfell would be uh, possible because they do have jungles and rivers in Hammerfell. It's not all desert. It could also be at the same time uh, the southern end of elsewhere, the Khajiit homeland, which I'm not sure if they ever want to touch that because by the lore they would have to add in so many fucking cats. Well. But hey, it would sell great with uh, all the old little new cat ladies. But anyway, Bethesda is confirmed to be going to E3 this year. Naturally, and this is going to be part of my prediction cycle here, they're going to reveal new content for their misbegotten baby known as Fallout 76, which has still not gotten much better. <laughs> and it's still writhing in controversy. Well, it came out as shit, then they kind of improved it, and people are like, hey, it's playable, and then, like, some hackers, like, screwed the pooch again, so... Fallout 76... Please stop caring no, no, about no, no, Fallout no, no, 76, no, no, please. No, I am sorry, but Fallout 76 is not shit. Fallout 76 is mad cow disease, rolled in shit, thrown in a burrito, shipped to a third world country in a cargo container with no windows, left to rot in hot 95 degree sun in Malaysia, and then shipped back for us consumers to try to make heads or tails of. Yeah, sounds accurate. Okay. And I, my prediction is Bethesda is going to show up at E3. They're going to do this. They've revamped Blades recently with some new shit, so they're probably going to go, Hey, look at our fucking mobile title. But the big title this year, and since they announced it last year, and they really broke decorum on that one, what they did last year at E3. And I'm thinking this E3, because they broke decorum, normally they'll like uh, announce a game and it'll be available for sale about six months later. Yeah. So they broke decorum last year by saying, yes, we're working on Starfield. Yes, we're working on Elder Scrolls. I'm thinking this year they're going to release Elder Scrolls, uh, not Elder Scrolls, but Starfield. And honestly, in my opinion, seeing the amount of backlash from all the fans or former fans or raging trauma monkeys, whatever you want to call them, Starfield has got to be their fucking A game. It has got to be so goddamn perfect. It, it cannot have... Like, for bugs, it has to have, like, only a handful of game-breaking bugs. Not a whole... Fucking army marching in line ready to fucking screw your game level of bugs like previous titles. They have to come in and they have to be solid. They have to cut back on their pay to win thing that they've been embracing over the last few years. So the DLC has to be properly priced. The creation club has to be priced if they involve that and they fucking will. But they've got to scale down the prices on that so shit's affordable. They got to stop the shady uh, business practices. Because once they release Starfield, all eyes will be on them. This is their final goddamn chance. This is their Alamo. And if they don't play their cards right, they're going to go down. So Starfield, I'm thinking, since they're going to be at E3 this year, they've already announced it. Uh, the news just came out here recently. If they don't come in uh, playing their A game on this one, you know, showing off Starfield and giving us a good goddamn reason to fall in love with Elder Scrolls 6, that company is going to be on life support. Yeah. They're, they're pretty fucking close to it right now. And... Them, Blizzard. Them, Blizzard, EA, Activision, Ubisoft, all of them are on life support. EA is taking the most heat right now because they're the most public. 
But since they're going to be at E3 this year, they've announced Starfield last year that they're working on it. And with the lousy sales on 76, uh, they've got to come back. They're, they've got investors to uh, suck ass to. They've got to suck that poop right out of the butthole, the slimy butthole of their investors. they got to stick a tube up there, slather their tongues around it, just mmm, 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 yummy, mmm, $500 million worth of poop just all over my mouth. And they've got to take a fucking hot Carl from their investors. In 76, they, they were spilling shit out of their mouth, and their investors were like, hey, put that back in your mouth. you got to swallow that shit. You're my bitch now. I own you. I invested $500 million into your company. Just rub it all over your fucking face. You know, two developers, one cup. Two developers, right? one cup. They, they have to, and like, their, their scat session with their investors has gone seriously ass backwards with the goddamn shit with 76. So they've got to pull out their A-game. They need to come out swinging. They need to be like, all right, I I've got the chance to swallow it all. Master, just bring that asshole right on over here. Shit all over me. Can I give a 2021 prediction? 2021? Hold on, 2021 prediction. Okay. They're not going to live up to it. You know what? Honestly, uh, your assessment of that, if uh, Starfall, Star or Starfield, yeah, if it does not... Click because and it's the game that nobody cares about, really. Yeah, exactly. Like unless you know, unless it makes a miracle, like you say, it's gonna like it's gonna get great reviews. People are gonna say it's the greatest game ever when it comes out. It's gonna be popular for like four months, and then everyone's gonna forget it. Well, this is where you're gonna get all the the uh, the fucking shills that are coming out. Uh, as much as I love him, Camelworks is a fucking shill. He's got great videos. I love his fucking lore videos. But this guy has been milking Bethesda and Skyrim just as long as they have. Yeah. He needs new content other than Skyrim. Despite the fact that I love his videos, he needs to try something new because Skyrim is fucking ancient now. Yeah, it's like eight years Sky or uh, nine years old. If I had a child when Skyrim came out, let's say I have a, a newborn baby arrive on 11-11-11. The day Skyrim came out, I got a new kid that also popped out in the world. That child right now would be about to go out of uh, or go out of elementary school and in the middle school. My kid would be approximately right now in the third, maybe fourth grade. Yeah. That's pretty old when you think about it in parental terms. <laughs> That's like, holy shit, a lot of time has passed. So, um... As far as new things coming out, and I know Blasphemous is sitting over here really peacefully calm because he wants to get back to Magic and Star Wars. I still want to get to oh, the yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, my I think we're going to have to break this into two episodes. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. What are we sitting at on time? 55. Holy shit. Oh, god damn. First episode of the I year. think if we cut your scat session. No, you are not cutting the scat session. You're out. editing. Yeah, I'm cutting out your coughing. I, I know, that's okay. why... I've... All right, I'm going to get to it real quick before we get into Star Wars. This is going to be a long episode. This well, is I like... haven't done my predictions yet. Well, we'll get to your predictions in a moment. I'm going to Thank just... you. I'm going to lay mine down. Okay, this is going to be a 90-minute episode now. I am sorry, listeners. It's going to be a 90-minute episode because I had to talk about scat and two developers, one cup. Mmm, Zenimax, it's software. Oh, yeah, all over my chest. These are subtle hints about uh, Goblin's newest fetish that he's discovered. Actually, no, my new fetish... I will not discuss on air, but I have it over there on my Discord. You can just click the, the one down with the chick with the big goobies. Big goobies. She's got big boobs squirting milk. 
right? Oh, lactation? No, no, no. It's uh, D&D crossed with acid. You know, like, save versus breast weapon. Nice. Pow! <clears throat> Rule 34, dude. <laughs> Besides, I've always got to look into new ways to freak out You know, people sitting at my game table. True. So anyway, my predictions this year uh, is we are probably going to get confirmation at E3 about Fable 4 or Fable Remix or whatever they decide to call it. So the next Fable game, there's going to be rumor about it. Uh, there's already been some buzz and we haven't gotten much information. So a new Fable game, more than likely, I'm giving it a 75% chance that we will hear about it. Uh, whereas Bethesda is definitely, definitely going to announce that their new IP coming out is going to be available by Christmas. So Skyrim in space, Space Rim, whatever the fuck. EA is going to get tough questions uh, considering what they've just said. And we're going to see Volition slash Deep Silver show up. Uh, maybe not in person, but they're going to definitely be talking about their new Saints Row game. Oh. Because this will be... Really? Is that confirmed? It is confirmed. Huh. Um, they let the cat out of the bag. Again, like these guys love to do lately, they let the cat out of the bag and without letting the cat out of the bag. And then I, I think it was Deep Silver who did it. And then Volition showed up and said, yeah, we're working on that. And it's going to be bigger, bolder than ever. And the way they made their post was like totally Saints Row style about how big they were going, about being all Phil Boss. So my big prediction is we're going to see Fable, Starfall, or Starfield, and Saints Row. We're going to see news about that start cropping up around E3 when people start talking about that. Uh, we are more than likely going to see new specs on the new X-Bone. Sony, it's going to be at least 2021 before we see anything about them. And we are definitely going to see more information about Cyberpunk 2077. So those are the big titles I'm going to be watching uh, this year coming out. Everything else seems pretty lackluster. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, see, I, I could have gotten these predictions an hour ago if you guys didn't diverge in the magic. Just saying. Woo. Okay, anyway, get into your predictions. I'll shut up. Okay. Don, did you have anything to finish up on? Uh, you go ahead and start on yours, man. I already got some of mine out. Okay. Um, it's not so much predictions, so much as <laughs> things I'm looking forward to. Um, well, I guess I got one prediction. Even though uh, Final Fantasy VII is already listed, if they push that back again, I'm just I'm not going to be surprised. But again, if it means a better finished product, then I'm all for it. So not excited. Huh? Real-time combat, not excited. Uh, yeah. Still, it would be nice to see everyone, you know, back in new graphics and shit. Anyway, but uh, some of the games I'm looking forward to... Never um, thought I'd get to see my favorite waifu of the Final Fantasy series die a second time in high def. Ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> but, um... Oh, actually, I do have one. Uh, again, because I like, you know, a bunch of games from my childhood. The new Animal Crossing, uh, they're doing a thing where you're not, like... In a village, you're on, like, an island, and there's a lot of crafting, which is new for Animal Crossing, so I'm not sh I am tentatively excited for it. I mean, the game looks fun, but I just... I'm not really that one... much of one for crafting, so I'll, I think I'll wait for the reviews to come out before I decide to buy that one. Uh, let's see. What else am I looking forward to? Uh, Final Fantasy VII Neo 2, which I said. Um... Oh, uh... It's a game called uh, Nirvana, but it's stylized in like cyberpunk. But it's a sequel to Valhalla, the bartending action game, and uh, 
I actually just got done with that game last night, and it was a lot of fun. Like, really well written. Uh, it was an original enough concept for a game, even though it is a, a visual novel. Does the game come with a shotgun and a suicide note? <laughs> I had to. <laughs> Walked into that one, but no, it does not. At least, I don't know, maybe as like a pre-order bonus, I'll throw it in, but... Um, I had to. I'm sorry. No, it, that, it, it's good. <laughs> that was dark. <laughs> but yeah, so those are the ones I'm looking forward to. And uh, just on a side note, because you all know I'm a war gamer, I have started a new Warhammer faction. I am now playing Chaos Space Marines. So for any of you who care, that's there's some news for you. Uh, let's see. Other predictions? Hold on, on. <clears throat> real quick. Yeah. Because you showed that that video, I now have to ask on air so that a bunch of our listeners, I'm going to get Sparta to listen to this. Okay. So, this super advanced human empire couldn't fit a fucking speaking spell to the goddamn throne of the emperor so he could still talk even though he's a fucking rotting corpse? There is really? An, well, I mean, there's an entire spoof series dedicated to just that scenario. I know, but yeah. what the fuck? I Star Wars wins. Just saying. Nah. Your your empire is run by a rotting corpse sitting in a chair who doesn't even have Stephen Hawking levels of ability to communicate. Star Wars wins. I Stormtroopers are dudes in armor who can hit shit. Space Marines are genetically engineered like eight foot tall Ubermensch. Cool. They 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 can, they can stop blast rounds with their bare pecs. Yeah. And Star One Wars Nihilus. can stop its franchise with Ryan Johnson. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> and Star Wars can stop its franchise with Ryan Johnson. You know, I'll say it again. Here's my opinion, Blasphemous, as to why Warhammer's better. Part of your canon now includes Rose Tico and Holdo. Warhammer's doesn't. You want to know what else? Hmm. At least we're not being forced to include female space marines because of diversity. We don't have female space marines yet. You do you will. That's my prediction for 2020. You Isn't take, there a you whole take that back, Blasphemous. Isn't there a whole regiment of Space you. Marines called the Valkyries or something? Uh, no, they've got no, the no, Sisters no. of Battle. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, they're uh, they're not genetically engineered. Uh, at least I don't think not so. Not yet. I mean, they're, they're given, uh, like, implants and some stuff, I believe, but for the most part, they're... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, yeah. But, like... <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're still, like, human at their core, whereas, like, space marines are more... So are modern women with implants. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know they're implants if they don't float. Yeah. I, I don't know, but, uh... Yeah, so... Oh, and, um, the, um... Legacy or Shadow of the Beast, whatever, the new campaign book that's coming out. Hopefully we'll get a, a new Gazgul model, because... The one they have right now, compared to the new Gilliman and Abaddon and uh, the Inari models, he's starting to look a little, uh, little sheepish, and that's not something you want for the big, biggest and baddest war boss of all time. So it's because y'all are getting taken over by the feminids. Nah, they're still coming after you guys. They are. They will. They will not succeed. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. Uh huh. I've seen politics Tell in England lately. They're getting taken over. Anyways, back to real games. Fuck you. Not on your best day. <laughs> but, um, stuff for 2020. 
Video game wise, I'm not all that excited. There, there'll probably be a new Mario Party put out. Um, Luigi's Mansion 3 for me was kind of a letdown. I got to do some playing on it. Buddy of mine has it. It's kind of meh. Um, overall, I'm not too overly excited for video games. I just want to see a few things fail because I think it'd be funny. <laughs> I mean, hell, I'm I'm so far behind the times. I still haven't even gotten through the first eighth of Skyrim. I don't think I'm in the first like 5%. But I've been playing a shit ton of Ark and Star yes. Trek. I got stuck. <laughs> How did you get stuck? I'm on a mission and don't remember where I was supposed to go and I can't get a highlight on the map so I'm just like I'm gonna step back for a little bit. I'm on the Klingon homeworld. I need to get to a place I don't know where it's at. Uh, dude, you got a guy sitting right across a room with, like, four max-level characters and a shitload of T6 ships. You're like, we need to go here, and I just show up and blow everything up. Okay, cool. It's, just, it's been a thing. So I've just been doing um, ARC, and, you know, I really have been enjoying it. I, I need to go get the other maps and stuff, but I would love if they would do a bit more... Um, I don't know, like, I need to go through and play just, like, a vanilla one, because we've been running with mods and all this extra shit to make the game... Well, you think they need more uh, storyline stuff? Well, I need to go through and play it, but I would love to see more stuff uh, from the creature-wise, because I know they they put in a bunch of new creatures in the, um, what was it, the... Genesis? Genesis, yeah, Genesis pack. Yeah, they did. So, I mean, there's, there's like, that were-bat-wolf thing. Man-bear-pig. Yeah, Man basically. Bear and then they got the fucking giant spider leech that fucking hooks up to your fucking spine so you can move around like a spider, but it drains your health. I don't Sounds know. Cool. It looked fucking cool. <laughs> but, like, I would love them to go through, because there's, there's a whole bunch of stuff after watching a bunch of history things. There are some dinosaurs they could add that are super different instead of going with fantasy creatures, like you were saying last year. Yeah, true that. Um, and, like, I would love more stuff like that. Maybe something... I know they're going a specific direction, and I'm behind on everything, but I've just mainly been playing on Ragnarok, and I would just love to see some more with that. Maybe give Ragnarok some story. They've already got a bunch of places around the map, maybe just well, throw Well, Ragnarok's not going to get much in the way of story because it is a third-party map. Oh, it is. It is. Ragnarok, uh, if you want first-party maps, you're going to have to go to the island, you're going to have to go to uh, the Scorched sands, Earth. Scorched Earth. Uh, then there's the failed one, so Aberration, mm -hmm. uh, Genesis, those are the official maps. Yeah. Ragnarok is, uh, what's the other one, Valergo? Mm -hmm. Those are not official maps. So you're the not Center? Gonna, the Center, you're not going to see anything for those, because those are third-party maps. They are really well done, though. Super well done. <clears throat> uh, I would like to see more content for the end game in that. Yeah. Because once you get to the end game, once you start defeating bosses, uh, most of the game becomes a lot of... And it was my big problem with it when I first started playing. Once you hit a certain point, it becomes more uh, resource management. That is literally what our party campaign has become. And good fucking God, I am tired of going out running around for fish. But I love how easy it is with the proper dinos to be able to gather silica pearls. Because right now I'm having to jump in, run around real quick, and get back to my boat before a fucking shark shows up. Because for some reason, a level 5 fucking shark can still kill me. Duh. Alright, anyway, um, those are our predictions. For games, anyways. For games, anyway. 
So I think this is a good time to spend the remainder of our episode with an out with the old. And my out with the old and anybody who's been to a funeral knows <laughs> you have to look in the coffin. You have to. There is no denying it. When you go to a funeral and it's somebody you know, you there's that confirmation you get. It's, it's different. Like, oh yeah, you know, Slim Pete died. And you're like, whoa, that was bad. That sucks, you know, I won't see him again. But you don't have that visceral confirmation Slim Pete really truly is dead. Like but when you go to the, the funeral, box. you know, and you look at the box and you're like, fuck, Slim Pete is dead. Goodbye, bro. <clears throat> well, that was the feeling for me. And excuse the coughing there. It's um, almost time for me to have another cigarette. Ha! <laughs> anyway, Slim Pete, in this case, is Star Wars. And episode 9 comes out, and I got some gift cards, so I didn't have to pay for it. Yay! But I still bought snacks to support my local theater. So I got my overpriced snacks, and somebody else paid for me to watch the movie, basically. And I knew it was going to be looking in the coffin situation. I completely skipped 8. No interest. Zero interest. 7 fucking killed that for me. Well... We I watched eight here at the house, and I know you were looking over catching bits. Have you, been, have you guys been seeing the uh, what is it? The Raylo f- shipping fandom completely chimp out over episode nine. Oh my god! There was one gal. Who, <laughs> holy shit! Somebody had posted and then copy pasted it. This gal like like making fucking death threats to um, yes, Adam Ky- Driver's wife. Yes, Kylo <laughs> was like her dark man or husband foo. Husbando. You know, husbando, yeah. right? Get it right, And she was buying all of his toys and comic books, everything with this dude. She was, like, super infatuated. And then at the end, and if you haven't figured it out, yes, I'm going to do spoilers here. He fucking dies. And this chick flips the fuck out like Star Wars had ruined her fucking life. And the person who was trying to... <laughs> you have stolen my childhood. Oh, no, this gets better. How dare you? (laughs) The gal she saw the movie with legitimately had a fucked up childhood. Literally shaking. And I mean this, like, her childhood was bad to the point where she's, like, as an adult, medicated. Okay, so there's doctors who say, hey, you're screwed up. You had a bad childhood. This turned out to be the emotional support of gal freaking out over Kylo Ren. Who's normal. And eventually, like, the normal gal is like, well, you don't know how it feels. And that was the fucking line that got crossed. Yeah. And her friend was like, look, bitch. Here's what I have been through. Do not compare your pain of watching your fantasy character die on screen to what has happened to me, in which I take drugs daily to maintain the balance to actually do things in civility. Right? So, like, the the fucking overgrown children who have seen this are just freaking the goddamn shit out. Hey, she shouldn't worry that much, because <laughs> as we all know, no one's ever truly gone. That's right. So I knew it was bad the first moments I sat down in the theater. Uh, because they put me in CE3. <laughs> okay? Well, you are blind. No, I selected. I Specific on the little map to go, okay, what seat do you want? I selected G3. This is about 8th row center. Because all the, the ones that were up on the upper terrace were taken. 
I get in the theater. I got my soft drink. Mr. Pip for the win. I got my popcorn. Pip extra. I got my gummy bears. Ugh. I'm ready for this shit. Well, the gummy bears are to clean out the, the kernels from my teeth. Ah, thinking ahead. But then anyway, the gummy bears get stuck in there. I look down and I see seat E3, which is near the middle, but it's ninth row back. And I know I've got gray in my hair, but come on. Jesus, fuck me Christ. They put me in the cripple seating. Okay, that seating is for people with wheelchairs. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I look at my fucking... Uh, I, I set my popcorn down, I look at my little tar and my fucking ticket, and yeah, I confirm that's the seat that they assigned to me. I know I'm old, but I am not such a douche waffle that I'm going to take wheelchair seating, even if it's assigned to me. Okay, people who have wheelchair seating, it's there for a reason. I am not going to be a dick... And be like, oh, yeah, well, that's where they assigned me. Screw it if somebody comes up in a wheelchair. No. Fuck that noise. And, hey, Star Wars has been around for a long time, so chances of somebody showing up with a wheelchair are pretty damn good. You know, people of all ages love this fucking fandom. Loved. Loved. Okay. So I, so, so I go forward back to the seat that I originally selected. So I go move one forward, and I'm praying that nobody of able body shows up and says, hey, this is my seat. And I'm like, now I have to go sit in the seat I was assigned in case somebody who actually requires that seat shows up. <sighs> and I do say cripple with love. <clears throat> Holy crap, he's a crapple. Dude, one of my favorite fucking uh, guys on Twitter. Yeah. You know, Crip Daddy? Crip Daddy. This guy is fucking awesome. And him and Ricky, and Ricky's not exactly my favorite, but, you know, he's still poignant at times. Uh, the things these guys have got to say about, like, Disney and Star Wars and the whole inclusivity thing, when these guys get lit up and start yelling, look, bitch, don't speak for me. I may be in a chair, but I can still speak for myself kind of stuff. I'm like, right on, bro. I will help wheel you up to yell at them. Wait, Ricky? Ricky Burgess. Burgess? Okay. Oh, this guy. Oh, my God. Remember the whole bathwater thing? Oh, you mean Ricky Berwick? Yeah, Ricky Berwick. Yeah. Oh, that guy's funny. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Like the whole bathwater. He was starting to try to market Crip Water. <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. That was a good one. <laughs> so I love these guys. You know, I mean, the fact that they have a disability, but they approach it with a their own twisted sense of humor. Yeah. You know, I mean, if you can't laugh throughout your life, why fucking live? I like his nostalgia cricket. Oh yeah. Video. <laughs> so. You know, in case somebody rolls up in a chair and, and honestly needs that seating, it's reserved for them. Yeah. Right? So I am, I'm not going to sit in that unless I'm on wheels myself. No fucking way. You want to help me move my desk again? I'll Fuck put you, you in wheels. That, that'll put me in a chair. So I go, I go sit down and, of course, as they do in cinema, and this is one of the reasons I don't like going to movies anymore, even if I want to see a movie on the big screen. Yeah. I forgot why I was there. I literally made it a point. I'm like, I wake up and I'm like, you know what? This is the last day Star Wars is going to be shown in town or last week or some shit. In that I, specific theater. In that specific theater, I might as well go watch it. I made the conscious effort to pull myself out of bed, to walk down a dark and dangerous long-ass alley where I might get stabbed to fucking death at any time, just to go sit in a shitty-ass mall. And I forget why I'm there. I preview after fucking preview after preview after preview. Like, 
I'm sitting there like halfway through the previews. I'm like, why did I? Why am I here? I got popcorn. I got a soda. Oh yeah, and then they had like a little burn for Star Wars come up, and I'm like, oh yeah, dude, that's why I'm here. <laughs> yeah, doesn't it suck? You get like a half hour of fucking previews. Oh god, they had so many previews, and they're like, silence your cell phones. And I'm like, fuck you. If I get a text, I want to know because I'm lonely. <laughs> anyway, so Star Wars comes up, and to make long story short, in many different segments here, the opening text was terra bad. Like, grade school level, explaining the storyline. I mean, this is... On a scale of 1-2, there's heroes on both sides. Pretty much, yeah. There's heroes on both sides kind of shit. Okay. Uh, they, there, there was a lot of, like... I know it was... If I was writing a, a fandom or whatever, like, the text crawl came up, and it was like they were adding in things, but they came off more as puns than an honest tribute to previous titles. Like, they were including things, you know, like a Dark Empire this, or, you know, a hero from the Sands that, you know, kind of things. And there was one line in there that stuck out, which was like a big middle finger to George Lucas. Uh-huh. You know, so I'm watching the text crawl go by, and I'm being overly analytical about it, I guess. But one line in there came out at me, and I was like, wow, this is like the final wave, just like a middle finger on the screen, opening crawl, like, hey, Lucas, if you watch this movie, <laughs> here's a pair of middle fingers. You're number two. And I knew at that point, fuck it. I'm here to see a movie. They've set the standard of how low the bar is that they're moving, making a movie for grade schoolers kind of shit. Didn't they... Can I interject for a second here? Interject. Didn't they wipe C-3PO's memory? We'll get to that. Why do they? We will get to that. Why do they hate the original characters of the original wait, Star Wars just so wait. much? Just, just wait. Fucking bullshit. Because as I'm watching the movie, and and like I told Darth Blasphemous after I saw this, if they were to start a Star Wars trilogy, this is the movie they should have started with with the first act. The first act, you know, a lot of people give a shit, but they bring in the new characters, you know, and not knowing anything about them would have been great if you. Opened up the dialogue over the course of the movie to explain more about them. It would have been better than, hey, look at this guy. And as it turns out, Poe Dameron is a true scoundrel. But the only... the, the God damn it. At least they gave him something to work with. Because the first movie came out. He's a pilot. That's the only thing he's got. He's like a one-shot role-playing character. Unless there's something with wings and an engine, he is useless. Like, Finn doesn't even serve a purpose in this one, right? Finn gets sidelined a lot. He does have some purpose. Like, he's the first new character you see on the, in the uh, fucking trailer, and then he just becomes irrelevant. It's like... Well, Finn is weird like that, but the first act of the movie is the way they should have started the new trilogy years ago. You know, just start out right off the bat. You know, like, more problems are coming out. It, it would have left a lot of questions later on you could answer. Like, who is the First Order and shit? The first act was actually passable, in my opinion. And I know my opinion sucks, but after spending many a decade watching movies, since we can still get away with watching titties as little kids on Conan! Yes, titties! <clears throat> first act was good. It was fair. And it was like, when I was watching it, I'm like, this is where they should have started. And then patterns started emerging. And you know me and my personal theory about patterns. And God, did they play the shit out of this one. 
So they've got to undo all the damage Ruin Johnson did, and they got to undo some of the damage that Kathleen Kennedy had done, which they kind of did a little bit, kind of, in their own way. But part of the problem the movie has is every problem that comes up, and I told this to Darth Blasphemous, I'm like, it's two GMs running a game. You have the storyline GM, and you have the combat GM. <clears throat> and the combat GM will jump in on the storyline GM, and he's like, all right, guys, get ready, roll initiative, combat's beginning, shit's getting real. Right? And the moment things look like they are their darkest, like the combat GM is not holding back. Yeah. He is ready to fuck some shit up. He wants to get some serious goddamn XP flying around on the table. The storyline GM will just shove him aside all of a sudden and be like, no, 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 storyline. And then retcon the shit that the uh, combat GM has just been doing. And within five minutes, everything is fixed. And this pattern repeated so many times that uh, it got to the point, like, when they wiped R2's memory, okay, so they got C-3PO. him. C-3PO, R2, they're the same, they're interchangeable. Anthony Daniels. No, no, because they've been replaced with a pair of new droids that roll around and shit. Oh, my God. BB-8. Well, there was also another one. Booby-8. Uh, which was apparently abused. What? Yes. Uh, they had an abused droid that was fearful of humans at first. That's stupid. Apparently, programs... Stuck in a metal body can respond to human interaction with fear. Isn't the entire point of droids in Star Wars that they are, like, they're tools? Well, this particular tool, like, um, <laughs> would sh- even after being repaired, would, like, shy away from Rey and the others because it was afraid of them. Apparently it was abused. I, yes, put uh, that one in your head. So... And, of course, Rey finding the fucking Death Star. That was great, because the MacGuffin is this dagger that's a map to the Sith holocron, which happens to be... Okay, and... Oh, God. Science! Pain! Brain hurt! Death Star crashing the indoor. Damage! Size! Mass! Gravity! Stuff! Toxic levels of chemicals within sphere! The... the ugh. I mean, by rights, there shouldn't be anything in the Death Star left, because, I mean, how, you know, Return of the Jedi ended, it exploded completely. Like, there weren't pieces. There well, were... with the original uh, story, Old Canon, it was, it did shatter into pieces. It was just the effects of the time. They could only do one big explosion like that. Yeah. But in the original story, there was a giant debris field that ended up falling onto Endor. Regardless, she winds up with the dagger. They figure out... You know, they're standing there on Endor for some reason. And she's got the the MacGuffin dagger, the Sith dagger, which is shaped just right that somehow it matches up with the Death Star's profile with the dagger having this little doop-de-doop thing on it which points right to where the Sith holocron is at. But while they're walking along, she just happens to be standing in the right place where you press X for a quick time event. Hold up dagger. Pull thing out. Look at Death Star. Success. Quest update. Like, of all the places to stand on a fucking moon, she happens to be in the right one at the right time to figure this shit out. Finn gets a new girlfriend. Ah. She's got, she, and she's got the total, like, poof-fro thing going. Lots of hair, but hey. So what you're saying is the writers for this wanted to keep the bloodlines pure? I have no idea, but... Uh, 
I won't, I won't talk shit about her because she was doing that Roxy Dynamite. Well, no, no, no. I'm, I'm just talking about the way they write it. Now they're like inclusion and all that, and then it's like, nope, nope, got to keep everything separated. Segregate. I, I have no idea, but they brought in a new girly friend for Finn, and she was totally rocking that Cleopatra Dynamite vibe, and Finn was still rocking that I a grown man child vibe, like trained stormtrooper, but still can't make a decision, so she's doing it for him, kind of stuff. Um, Rose shows up and gets friend zoned. Oh, she is totally so friend zoned. Here's one of the problems I have with it. <clears throat> okay, Star Wars has always been kind of supposedly a family movie. Hell of a body count. Not not just a hell of a body count. Like, there's only one instance of like blood being showed, and that was early on. And then lightsabers would instantly cauterize wounds instead of blood type shit. Uh, and yeah, family movies and family entertainment has changed over the decades. But this is the first Star Wars where they've used actual English swear words. Oh, three times I counted. <coughs> I think there was a couple of dams and a shit. This is the first Star Wars movie I've heard English swear words. Ichuta would have been just fine. You know, the Star Wars already had it in Canada. They have already had their own language for saying stuff that wouldn't translate. Like, parents would get it. It was like that inside joke. Older people and parents would get it. And the kids would be like, oh, Ichuta, he said something funny. And it was cool. You know, so... For those who don't want to take their kids to a movie where there is swearing, and I understand that a lot of parents don't like people who say fuck constantly, and I still remember the crap shit fuck shit fuck goddamn storm that happened during the original Transformers movie. One swear word was said in that, and that movie damn near got a boycott. Damn near! One swear word! And it was perfectly well within the context of the moment. And these ones were said kind of more to be edgy. Yeah. You know, it, it, it really added nothing to the conversation. The characters just said, well, damn, why did you do that kind of stuff? They didn't need to. So it was like it was interjected into it just to be a little more edgy. Yeah. And then you've got uh, Force Powers, which, holy fuck. Coming in just the spontaneous generation of Force Powers. Spontaneous. Force healing. Spontaneous. And this is another moment... The characters are at their darkest moment. Ray uses force healing on, again, another giant worm creature on a desert planet. Not Dune. Not Dune, but another big-ass fucking... Oh, my God. I was thrown back to Sarlacc Pit so quick during that scene, but she uses healing powers on it, and it just goes away because she healed it. I mean, like, every fucking problem was solved within five minutes. And then they have the spontaneous generation between Rey and Kylo, and they never really explained it too well, except for one line. And apparently they could take things from one another through time and space. Hmm. She hands him a lightsaber near the ass end of the movie. You know, Kylo is in his darkest moment. Rey has two lightsabers. She basically hides one behind her back, and then the camera flips and Rylo... Whatever the... Raylo... He pulls the same lightsaber out from behind his back, turns it on, and starts kicking ass. Bringing back the Emperor? Jesus, fuck me in the goat ass. Way to fucking just slap a big, sweaty horse dick 
all over the face of the original sequel. Well, I mean, at that point, what else were they supposed to do? Like... <laughs> no, no, no. They already killed okay. Snoke. Okay. Number one, killing the Emperor was Vader's moment of redemption. Yeah. Now his redemption arc has been completely just spit on. And apparently, the Emperor planned all of this shit all along. Yeah, no. Apparently, so he had foreseen it. No, I'm not defending. He builds a new armada on a planet with no resources. No, I'm not defending, you know, that they used the Emperor and brought him back. Uh, I'm just saying, well, I mean, the way that this, this new trilogy is going, I mean, what else can okay, they do? Okay, get it. Okay, the movie ends. Thank God. Okay, and... and Yes, if you look quickly, there is a scene during the uh, celebration of two women kissing because of diversity and inclusivity. You gotta look quick, but it's there. Two rebel women just fucking lip-locking right dead center screen. Uh, I don't care, but I care. It's, it's a weird place to be. Because Star Wars is not supposed to be a political movie that teaches our children stuff. Right, if I if I have kids and two women are lip locking in a movie, I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. The kid probably doesn't give a fuck. I'd be like, yeah, some women like women. Star Wars was not a movie about people getting physical. It was always a fantasy. Was it? No, it wasn't. Okay, maybe Jabba the Hutt was a little bit slimy. Maybe Luke did kiss his sister. They didn't know in their defense. Han kissed Leia. Han kissed Leia. Yeah, he did. Then he slid one hand gently up her sleeve, and C-3PO, C-3PO, he handed him a bottle of Jiffy Lube. <laughs> Shit got real. Whatever, you know, just... But the fact is, there are people who are sensitive to this shit. There are. Okay, so, like, if you take your modern Middle Western American... Yeah. You know, if you take a parent who is really big on controlling the mass media... Their kid has to partake in, you know. That's why we have the ESRB on video games. You know, see, if you get a parent who is sensitive to this shit. Yeah. You know, you've got a movie with three times that there's swear words being said. Yeah. You've got a movie where... Oh, well, I mean... People are being sidelined for no good goddamn reason. You've got a movie where people are getting physical in a manner that may be uncomfortable to the parent showing it to their kid. You know, you could just take the physical aspect right out. Well, I mean, it, it adds it, nothing. It, if that's going to bug them, I mean, they probably wouldn't even take their kid to see any Star Wars in the first place. I mean, I I don't know. There are when it comes to parents, I've been trying to figure that out for a long goddamn time. Why some parents are so fucking uptight? <laughs> okay, like seriously. I, nah, I get it. They don't want to expose <laughs> their kid. You know. You know what? You know what started me in this whole fight? Huh? In the whole fight of screaming that. What is on the screen is just entertainment. What is not happening on the screen is reality. Yeah. Or what is happening in a Xanth novel is fiction. Yeah. What is not happening in a Xanth novel is not fiction. You know what started me in this fight? Is when my school teacher told me that it was inappropriate and degenerate to be having a copy of Deities and Demigods in my grubby little mitts at nine years old. And I'm like, what part of fiction do you not understand? The deities and demigods in this book are fictional. They're not real. Yeah. 
You should not have a nine-year-old kid try to explain the difference between fiction and non-fiction to an adult. Okay? And I have put up with this my entire life that adults will always go, Well, my kid can't watch this because it has this in it. Or it's too violent. You're like, it's Harry fucking Potter. It's not like he's pulling out a 1911, turning it sideways, being like, Yo, Voldemort, 9mm to the nug. Click, click. <laughs> so the movie ends. Okay, and I've gone on a rant way too long here. I, I see blasphemous daggers. Uh, the rant has gone on. Here's how it ends, okay? Paradox. One of my favorite things in science is a paradox. So Palpatine has planned all of this shit all along for nine movies. Sorry, Jar Jar fans. <laughs> Binks didn't do it. Binks didn't do it. Ain't nothing to do it. Jar Jar didn't make me do it. Hashtag Binks didn't do it. Hashtag Binks didn't do it. That's right. Let's get that So the Emperor planned this all along because apparently Rey is like super Jedi material. Mm. Like even beyond Luke kind of shit. That's dumb. She is the last Palpatine. And his whole plan is to have his granddaughter kill him so he can take over her body. Because he is all of the Sith, and she is all of the Jedi. Which they're stealing from Expanded Universe, by the way. Anyway, his whole plan is that she kills him, and he takes over her body, and becomes the new Sith Lord, reborn, young, and all that shit. Strangely enough, when he is absorbing her life energy from him, from her, well, I and from him, because he does it to both Kylo and Rey, yeah. his clothes do the Wolverine thing. Like, he literally is being moved around by a machine on a swing arm. <laughs> and then he's, his robes are all nappy and tattered. His fingers are withered and shit. He sucks their life force out. And then suddenly his clothes are, like, back in the Senate chambers in Episode 6. Three. Or three, yes. Episode 3. He looks good all of a sudden. Like, his clothes healed, too. <laughs> that's... And then... That's funny. They, they uh, Ray and the Emperor have their, their spat... And what does she do? She kills him. Well, of course. And she wins. Rides away. Yay, the Empire is dead. But wasn't the Emperor's plan to have her kill him? So how did she win if she killed him? If it was in his plan all along? Well, you see, when episode 10 comes, or, uh, episode 10 comes out, we'll get the answers, won't we? Ugh. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I ranted. That was Star Wars in like 30 fucking minutes. 40. God damn it. Sorry! <laughs> Fuck it, we'll bust it up into two episodes. <clears throat> <laughs> Fuck. Sorry, it's just there's so much of that movie to rant on. Alright, well I think we're gonna call this one then, and we yeah. will come back next week with our other predictions, hopefuls, and a new subcategory in the episode. I'm sorry. Alright, so we're going to skip we're... final thoughts because we've already wasted a lot of your guys' time. <laughs> um, but we will be back next week with more stuff for looking forward to And no Star Wars rants. Well, you're not going to be allowed to rant. I'm going to go over the Mandalorian. But okay. that's in the next episode. This Fair. is Darth oh. Blasphemous signing off. Game Goblin, I'm sorry. Uh, this is the moniker of the superior science fantasy fandom out. Wait, are you claiming to be a Trekkie right now? Because your stormtrooper on your shirt is a Trek symbol. Shit, they know! Turn it off! Turn it off!
My name is Vegeta. I shoot lasers. I wear sweet armor. Look at me, haters. <laughs>